What's going on, everybody? Josiah Leroy here for Geeks Got Game, the Geekiverse's all-video game podcast, May 1st, 2019 edition. Can't believe we are into May already. With me today, as always, my co-host, Jeff Pavlak. How are you doing, Jeff? Not bad, buddy. So you just got a, a card handed it a wonderful nickname. I did, yeah. Which is, is great. I have a uh, 19 black Toyota Corolla, and I decided to call this one T'Challa. Love it. The Black Panther. Exactly. Uh, so, like, two, three weeks ago, I guess it would be four weeks probably now, um, I got a, a Nissan Rogue, so naturally it's Rogue One. So, we only get these cars so we can name them as such. Obviously. Obviously, we have to do that. You said your friend also uh, has a nickname for his car. Yeah, uh, he calls this the Dark Knight. <laughs> and I had planned, I was originally was going to get a silver Corolla, and I was planning to call this one the Silver Surfer. However, a last-minute change at the dealership, I had to get uh, a black one instead. I was like, you know what, perfect. Black Panther, T'Challa, let's do it. I love it. I absolutely love it. The uh, So the last two episodes of Geek Scott Game have been impacted by our cars. Yeah, hopefully we're done with uh, car trouble. We should be good for a few years now. Let's hope. <laughs> Uh, same dealership and everything. So yeah, that's the other ironically. Honestly, uh, nice shout out to to West Her um, uh, Transit and Main Street. Yep. If uh, if you're in the Western New York great, area, great, great people. Some of my favorite people to work with. They uh, they also sponsor good friends of ours, Twenty Six Shirts. So I actually I actually didn't know that. So they, that's fantastic. Yeah, they are the primary sponsor of Twenty Six Shirts. So every shirt that comes out, uh, they they've got their logo right there on the on the promos. Uh, yeah, good people. It was faded, man. It was it, just faded. Absolutely, it is. So we are here to talk about video games. Uh, you know, one of our favorite pastimes. Obviously, we'll get into uh, the meat of today's episode: uh, the Marvel Games Universe or the Marvel Gaming Universe. Uh, it's a a concept I've kind of uh, it's ruminated in my mind for a long time. Ever since Spider-Man PS4 came out last year, uh, I just had this idea of what if we had the Marvel Cinematic Universe but we applied it to the Marvel Games universe, if you will. Uh, all video games, connected universes, uh, individual games, and then maybe some tie-ins. We'll get into the, the meat of that in just a bit, but first, a few segments to get to ourselves. Uh, what is in your system? For once, Jeff and I each have new games that we are playing, which is wonderful. Uh, write to us at facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Comment on our wall. Tell us what you are playing. Jeff, what... What, do, what are you playing these days? I've uh, been mostly focused on Mortal Kombat 11. Ah, yes. And I'm, and I'm enjoying it so far. And you had to get a new memory card. Yes. Uh, so you got for Switch. Yeah. Uh, if you're playing on Switch, there's pretty much an automatic 16 gig download just to start the game. Woo. I did not have that on my system after two years of playing on it almost exclusively. So I had to hop on Amazon real quick, get a, get a what do you call it, a micro SD primed over to me, and uh, away I went on Mortal Kombat. Been fun so far. I tell you what, playing Super Smash Brothers for you know three, four months straight religiously and then jumping into a completely different fighting game, oh man, was the adjustment period rough. That first day playing Mortal Kombat, I was abominable. <laughs> my, the, it took me forever to get used to you know, the, the different control scheme, the different combo. I mean, it's the two games could not play any more different as far as fighting games go. How about as far as um, maybe some of the, the most recent Mortal Kombat games? How does it hold up or differentiate in terms of controls? Um, 
relatively par for the course? Yeah, it's not. I would say it's not as good as Mortal Kombat 10 and the Mortal Kombat re- reboot. That's not necessarily a bad thing, though, because those are probably the two best games in the series. Those two games made huge strides for Mortal Kombat. So the fact that 11 isn't quite matching up to that isn't. It's not a doom and gloom necessarily. That just speaks to how good those games were. Um, Mortal Kombat 11, I for one thing, has a ton of content, just oodles and oodles of different modes to play through. It's got a really cinematic story mode, which is rare in fighting games. Um, and then as far as the mechanics go, they did clean them up a little bit. Um, granted, there wasn't a, a, there wasn't exactly a ton of polish to throw on there. The games have always played fairly well. Um, they added a like perfect block mechanic. Uh, which was in Super Smash Brothers, and to a lesser extent was in Soul Calibur um, 6 when we played it, mm-hmm. where it's like if you time a block just perfectly, you have an opportunity to kind of like capitalize and punish a foe for it. So there's a little bit more of... Uh, it kind of rewards defensive play a little bit more. Um, definitely hinders just mindless button mashing, the effectiveness of that. You've got to have a, a good balance there. Yeah, um, and I, can, I will admit I have not jumped online yet, so I have no idea... You know how good I am for real. How the game is going to translate with you know the just inherent input lag that comes from playing online, or what the tier system is going to be like. The game's you know about week two weeks old. There's no telling what the competitive scene is going to be like just yet in terms of what characters are doing the best. And it'll never get old to me. You can you can take it on the go. Yeah. No. Absolutely. If you have the Switch, of course. Yeah. Um. It it you know the the graphics did take a hit on the Switch version. Just I've looked at comparisons you know, from the PS4, Xbox One versions to what the Switch looks like. There's definitely a hit in graphics, but it still runs pretty impressively on the Switch. Just the fact that it got on there is definitely an, is an impressive technical feat. I get very excited for Switch owners, myself included, but longtime Nintendo fans such as yourself, when a major release like this comes out, the same time simultaneously on the other systems uh, notably a triple a release yeah this is a this. good this is a really good feeling if so, for a nintendo fan xbox Absolutely. one ps4 yep and switch yeah. uh wonderful thing feels like we're right a part of the party again it is that's super exciting it's a comeback i didn't anticipate happening and i couldn't be we talk about how much we love the switch all the time obviously we're not alone uh so very exciting times here what uh what else Any, anything else or just uh I mean, I've still got Super Smash Brothers occasionally. I'm still getting ready for playing at a tournament, Nickel City Con. I got to stay sharp. Oh, we're just uh, two weeks. So two weeks from this uh, this Friday. Yep. <sighs> we're almost there. We're gonna almost find there. out just how good I am. It's a good week that week, Nickel City Con. Yeah. The eve of Nickel City Con, we'll be enjoying some John Wick Chapter Three. Uh, so good, good times all around there. It's gonna be a very fun weekend. You're gonna see the Geekiverse everywhere, and uh, this is uh, Christmas season for us essentially. Can't wait. Uh, for me, um, I finally, finally finished Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. <laughs> so I had not played for a long time. I texted Poplock the other day. I'm like, what's wrong with me? You know, I just picked up, uh, picked up the control and started finally playing it. So my story goes: March third was the last time I played it. I thought I was gonna beat the game that night. I thought that was it. Little did I know there were like 13 boss fights coming that would take like five hours. I'm not very good at the game. That sounds funny to say because there really aren't a lot of fighting mechanics to it. There's only really one button that allows you to to hit an opponent outside of magic, and that is the A button if you're playing the Xbox One version or the X on the PS4. And uh, I, I anyway, I, I finally picked it up and I was like, all right, I got to get this off my shoulders, my gaming shoulders, so I can get back to... You kind of just check it off the list, uh, so to say. So I, I finally did. I, 
I don't know if it's because I hadn't played previous Kingdom Hearts games, but I did so much research. I have no idea what's going on in the story. I don't think I'm alone there. Um, it's kind of ridiculous. They're like, the key to the light is found in the darkness within your heart. And it's like, I'm paraphrasing there. But it's it's stuff that just doesn't make sense. And, and some of the dialogue is just absolutely terrible. But all of that being said, I still enjoyed my experience. Um, I like the Disney properties they chose. I don't know if I would have enjoyed this game so much if I didn't like those Disney properties, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., a lot of the Pixar stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean was in there as well. Um, so uh, a little over 40, 45 hours later, finished that main story, and I'm happy to say I'm back to gaming in general. Two things. Drop my pen cap there. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> Just Star- see this metal object come falling <laughs> fell out of the sky star wars jedi knight jedi academy uh so i was playing that uh, it's an original xbox game it was games with gold in february i believe uh that is fun i am in the middle act of the game and i just had to investigate echo base on hoth which is really cool because the imperials were, were past return of the jedi time uh in this old former star wars canon the extended or expanded universe um, so that's really cool, kind of running around there. And uh, the new game that I've been playing is one that would make my New Year's resolution list ah. proud, uh, Super Lucky's Tale. So uh, the Xbox One slash Microsoft exclusive from November 2017 got kind of mixed reviews. Um, some people really enjoyed it, some people not so much. Uh, I'm having fun so far. The, the controllers are not the best. Uh, it is a platformer. If you are a fan of anything like Crash Bandicoot or Spyro the Dragon, anything that can fit in that realm, I think you'll enjoy the game. It's very short as well. Um, so I so it's it's charming. It's it's got that late '90s PlayStation platformer feel to me. So I really am having fun with it. And um, like I said, I early in the year I wanted to play more smaller games indie games, things of that nature. So uh, Super Lucky's Tale, definitely recommend it. That is on Xbox Games Pass, uh, if you have that. More on Games Pass later in the show. Uh, Move on to the next segment here, Picks of the Month. Really, Pick of the Month. (laughs) So May's uh, a barren month, if you will. It's a quiet quiet month. Uh, We're going to hold off till next episode of Geek Scott Game to discuss uh, the Honoring the Past, where we talk about... Uh, games from 10 and 20 years back. But anyway. We got uh, time constraints this time, people. We do. Uh, so May 14th, Rage 2. If you would have told me, I don't know, two years ago that I would have been looking forward to a Rage video game, I would have said you're nuts. But man, I tell you, I played this at E3 last year. It is a blast. The best way I've described it, as I wrote in my preview, which you can read at thegeekiverse.com, just search Rage 2. Um, Adam Hurd, I played it hands-on. It's like Doom. The, the remake from a few years back, whereas Doom was, uh, I always think of like metal music, uh, anything that's hardcore, I think of Rage 2 more like punk rock music. Um, so that uh, it can kind of explain the tempo to you. Lots of crazy weapons. They went opposite of the first game. Colorful world, even though it is still a, a, a barren wasteland, if you will. I am probably going to wait. I don't think we're getting a review copy of this game. I do want to wait and see some of the scores come in before I invest in it. But once I see those scores, and if if they're they're moderate to good, I think that's a game I'm going to dive into. Uh, I mean, the first one wasn't a bad game or anything. It's just that nobody, it just it didn't have the impact that anybody thought we would probably ever get a sequel out of it. 
No. So, I mean, like the first one, it was a good game. It's just that it didn't, you know, land with a ton of, with a ton of impact. It was kind of a quiet release, and then as soon as it came out, it was kind of forgotten. That's very true. And that's, you know, that's not a condemnation of it or anything. It was just it, it didn't really make didn't really make too big a mark on the on the industry. So then, like you said, one, you're just surprised that this is your pick of the month, and two, I'm just I was honestly surprised when we first heard we were getting a sequel to begin with. That wasn't a uh, a property that I thought they would pursue again. I was very surprised at that as well, um, and it, it's funny to how it kind of came to fruition with the leak uh, yeah. from the internet and how they embraced it. But um, Walmart I, I'm happy Canada, it exists. Walmart Canada, right? Walmart Canada, That's just right. before uh, a month before E3, I think it was about this time last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so good, uh, good times all around. But I, I hope the game does well. Me too. Yeah. Uh, uh, definitely something I want to jump into. So let us know if if if. If you played the first Rage, if you're excited for this one at all, again, facebook.com slash thegeekiverse. Uh, but that's it for our pick of the month. <laughs> Pretty easy there. We're going to get into the news here. Uh, four items on uh, the docket for the news this week. We've got number one. So backtracking quickly, right after Jeff and I had recorded the last episode of Geek Scott Game, news started flooding in because it was a slow news week for us. And then it just kept pounding the door down. And I it was unbelievable. So we kind of whittled it down to, to some of the bigger news items here. But I was like, are you kidding me right I now? Know, the, the, the one time we recorded, it just, we, we recorded on the worst possible night. Because then as soon as we finished recording, it was basically all these things started breaking. What a joke. But hey, you know what? It's good for us now. Um, a quick shout out also. Uh, if you're listening to the show, Corey and Kylie Bennett's. Um, paid me a nice compliment for our Avengers Endgame spoiler cast that we had recorded. So again, shout out to the Bennett's if you guys are uh, enjoying this episode. PS5. So here's what we know. Uh, getting the information from IGN.com. Uh, they also got some of their information from Wired. Um, we won't see the PlayStation 5 in 2019. Not much of a surprise there. It is a true next-generation machine as opposed to an upgrade like the PS4 going to the PS4 Pro. Um, The console's CPU and that... uh, Backtrack here. CPU is a variant of the AMD Ryzen 3rd generation. Long story short, that means the system is really powerful. (laughs) Okay. I I mean, I kind of got that gist of it. What that means is the console can support 8 k displays i don't even have 4k right like 4k isn't even you know ingrained in like those tvs are cheap now my my parents have a 4k tv i'm i've got a very nice 1080 tv it's a 3d tv by the way but uh i've i've got to really just convince my wife to allow us to upgrade to 4k because 8k is coming and it's coming soon a good comparison just to kind of show us what the power is in raw numbers is Spider-Man PS4. On a PS4 Pro, when you would uh, fast travel, it took 15 seconds. On the next generation PlayStation development kit, so the PS5, the same action took 0.8 seconds. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's like, I feel like going forward, that's going to be our biggest, our biggest jump 
from hardware. It's not going to necessarily be visual fidelity, even though that will be noticeable. The biggest thing, the biggest change is the most significant is going to be the the way the game actually functions, the way it runs, how fluid it is, how quick it, how quick everything processes. Right. You know, you're not going to see draw distance anymore at a certain point. You 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 know, loading times are going to be for, from this example just for one non-existent. That's where you're going to see the most significant improvement as techn- as you know te- uh, tech and hardware improves. Each generation, it feels like there's less distance to go yeah. to making it more realistic. It can always be more realistic, but sure. It's not the PS1 to the PS2, exactly, or right. the two to the three. Um, so, I think you're right. Uh, it's it's gonna it's coming down more to power. Yep. Uh, which is what Microsoft harped on with the Xbox One X a lot, and I can't wait to find out what we're gonna see hopefully at E3 with the next iteration of the Xbox. Um, talking about load times here, it's funny. I just I mentioned how I'm playing Jedi Academy, which was an original Xbox game. Mm-hmm. The load screen it would have all this text that you could read. Uh, to kind of keep you up on the story and give you yeah. random facts about the Star Wars universe. And it loads so fast on the Xbox One that you can't read more than maybe three or four words. No kidding. Which is funny because back in the day, maybe you waited a minute or two. Right. Th- so There yeah. was always tricks like that back then to, ma- to, to mask loading times. I remember in the Metroid games, going from zone to zone, you would have a cutscene of Samus in the elevator, kind of like looking around as the elevator moved up and down. And that, I mean, it looked like a great cutscene, but it really was just to mask that the the new area was loading. It wasn't really to entertain. It wasn't. It was just basically to keep you occupied instead of just make you look at a blank screen or like you know a loading um, diagram. And, and I, it's funny. I, I appreciate stuff like that. Right. And it, uh, it's clever. You know, it's it's interesting how clever they were back then because you don't you don't want the, the player to just be looking at a blank screen. You mm-hmm. want to keep them occupied. You want to keep them engaged in what's going on. So you got so you, the developers are thinking, what can we put on here to hide the fact that they're basically just sitting there waiting to exactly. move into the next zone? Exactly. So they're talking about Spider-Man PS4 there. Obviously, I would imagine a, a true PS5 game, a native PS5 game, won't have necessarily the same upload speeds because the game, sure. like the console, will also be higher tech. Right. But, nevertheless, kind of fun to think about. Oh, absolutely. Last aspect on the PS5 that we wanted to talk about is it will still accept physical media, which I think is a big plus. I like getting a physical copy of a game. If if there's a digital sale, like Microsoft runs wonderful Xbox sales from time to time, and Sony does some okay ones as well for the, the PS4, um, I'll, I'll pick up a game. A few bucks? Sure. Whatever. If it's a game I'm not getting day one, I'll do it and, and kind of log it into the library. But... Uh, Physical media prevents its future-proofing, essentially, so you don't have to worry about rights, uh, digital rights management. You don't have to worry about a subscription service like iTunes simply moving, removing a movie out of the store. We've heard the horror stories kind of just starting to come through in the past few years. You own the physical game, you own it forever. Uh, you'd hope that you don't have to worry about that with digital releases, but on the other hand, I am happy that they confirmed that because it felt like Microsoft uh, especially was trying to get away from that with the Xbox. And then everyone said, whoa, 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 that's not going to work for me. When they, they had their horrible demonstration with, with trading games uh, into stores like GameStop or exchanging them with friends. So that's think, a win. I think a lot of people are like you and I in the fact that a lot of gamers are stupidly sentimental. And it's just, it means so much more to hold the case in your hand, of to course. stick it on your bookshelf or whatnot. It just, it, it means a lot more to sit there, you know, sit there and hold the, you know, the cover there in your hands. There's the, 
stupid little things like unwrapping the game. Right. That new game smell. It sounds funny to say, but hey, there it is. Or like, you know, I've got all my PS2 games sitting on the shelf over there, my original Xbox games. Um, the All the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. I have the physical oh, copies. Yep. I, I love having that. Um, that's, that's really exciting to me. You remember from Niagara Falls Con a couple years ago, I had Charles Martinet the voice actor for Mario signed my copy of Mario uh, Galaxy. Exactly. And like, I'm going to treasure that the rest of my life. That is sitting very prominently, proudly on my bookshelf. It's special to you. Exactly. And that's what, that's what makes it fun. Absolutely. Uh, and so I, I, you know, I think most, a lot of gamers will be in agreement on that. Maybe some don't care, but it sounds like if Sony's keeping that for the PS5, maybe that means the majority do care about it because it all comes down to money. Um, when probably, Actually, last thing before wrapping up on the PS5 talk here, when do you think we see it, and what do you think a price point is? I've got I've got some thoughts in my head. I mean, if we're just throwing guesses out there, I think we first see it next year. I mean, it's, it, it like, terms of like shown off, yeah, shown off. I don't think it probably releases until like 2021. Okay, and then in terms of a price. Four, five hundred, maybe. I, I really don't know. I've heard rumors we're talking PS3 price point era, oh, which, no. which bothers me a little 599 bit. Five hundred ninety nine US dollars. <sighs> Horrible. However, the Xbox One was four ninety nine when it came out, and that I don't know how detrimental or not that was. I I don't know how much it really held the system back. I don't think it held the system back as much as it did the PlayStation Four. And Sony just blatantly undercutting them. I think so too. Like if ba- they like took ba- a loss on the system to y- sell it. Yeah. Like if if the PlayStation Four doesn't exist there, or if the PlayStation Four is the exact same price, I don't think you see quite the PlayStation domination that we saw early on in the generation. I'd agree with that. They're very comparable systems. Right. It's, um, it so wasn't why not the price point. It was get a what was system. standing right beside it. Exactly. Um, my thought is, you see, five hundred dollar or four ninety nine price point. I got. <laughs> It depends what Microsoft does in one month at E3. We'll know a lot more, I think, about the next-gen Xbox. To Microsoft's credit, too, their reputation and prestige has rebounded significantly these past couple of years. Oh, they've done a great the job. The Xbox One, uh, One X really turned things around for them after they had a, a pretty slow start to the generation. I call it the third the third console or the third generation curse because the PS3 went through that at first. Granted, it oh, yeah. massive comeback to be one of the best-selling systems ever. Um, the Xbox One being the third Xbox, of course, you know, very slow start, like you said, and, and kind of got there. I think we'll see success comparable to the PS4. Maybe not as much, but still comparable with the fourth Xbox. Yeah, I don't I don't worry about them anymore. They won't there repeat. were a couple years where I was legitimately wondering what their future was going to be like, but I, I, I don't have those same concerns anymore. I think they're in a good place going forward. Two things to speak to that. They've got a lot of first-party studios. That's important. Very well-respected first-party studios that they've purchased over the last two years. Yeah. Additionally, I think they've got the right leadership. Phil Spencer is a huge win for microsoft he's been great for them he's been great uh so i i in terms of the the playstation i'm gonna speculate i'm gonna say 2020 holiday so november and i'm gonna say uh, 4.99 okay releasing releasing okay and i think we get the reveal next june um full reveal like announcement maybe february march 
this that's kind of where it went with the PS4, if I remember correctly. Uh, but anyway, um, let us know, you know what you think the, the price point would be. What would you be willing to pay for the next-gen uh, PlayStation or Xbox? We'd love to hear you on that one. Item number two, the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass. Huge fan of the Game Pass here. Um, a wonderful library that essentially it's a subscription service if you don't know. You pay for it monthly and you get access to tons of Xbox games, both uh, multi-system and exclusive. Recently announced, you can get the Ultimate Pass, which includes Xbox Live. So they've essentially combined them. Um, and it's going to be... Uh, just had the price point. Forgive me for this. fourteen ninety nine a month. Uh, you'll save about five bucks. They're nine ninety nine each, so a decent deal over the course of the year. A very good deal. Um, you know the the Game Pass is something I can live without, but at a discounted price, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I, I typically buy my Xbox Live all up front, uh, but the Game Pass uh, we were able to get a, a nice deal on a subscription for it around the holiday, so I'm able to play games like Super Lucky's Tale. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that we would see something like this in the future in, in Sony systems and Nintendo systems. I don't know so much that we will ever see those subscription services, but it's something that works a lot for Microsoft right now. It, it is a competitive advantage. Uh, what do you think of that price point? So you get the online and the Game Pass for 15 a month. I think that's pretty good. I think that's about what it should be. Yeah. You know, if, if they if they came out and said 10 bucks a month, I would have been like, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Um, but that's probably unreasonable. Right. And I mean, at this point, we're all so used to paying a certain amount per month for any kind of streaming service or applic or you know, app. Um, I I think it would have to be something pretty outrageously priced to uh shunt like uh, yeah. ward people off from it. I think that's um yeah. It's just it's it's second nature <laughs> Had now. Had they said twenty bucks a month, let's say maybe you would yeah. have been like it's just, I think it's just second nature now that people are like, Okay, well I like the service, I'll drop it at, you know, once a month. The um Disney Plus, the subscription service from, from Disney coming up, is going to be six ninety nine a month. Not comparable here. I'm just saying um when when you're looking at your monthly model, the you know, value is something that people are looking for and I think that's a great value. I think this is a decent value for uh, for Xbox gamers. I'd love to see that, um, you know, over on the Switch at, at some point. Also depends on what the games are. I mean, if the games mm-hmm. aren't quality, then, you know, I don't care what that price point is. It ain't worth it. If the like, games are really good, then you, you're talking justification for it. I think the Game Pass now for Microsoft is good. I think it's going to be superb within a few years' time. Now, the reason I say that is because of the aspect of all first-party Microsoft games being available on it day one. So Crackdown 3, available day one on Game Pass. So you could theoretically buy one month of Game Pass and play that game. They're banking on you not doing that, of course. Otherwise, they're losing their $60 purchase price. That means Gears 5, game or day one. Halo 6 or Halo Infinite, day one. Big deals. Whatever else is coming out of the first-party studios. Um, so as we've we've gotten more and more on that roster, I think that's going to be really impressive within maybe two, three years' time. Hopefully this E3 we get a glimpse of what a few of those studios are working on. Item number three on the list. This is one you and I are very, very excited about. Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order, 
got a release date minutes after we had finished uh, recording our last episode. So uh, July 19th, 2019, exclusively on the Nintendo Switch. Uh, so we're going to have a sleepover that week. We've got a lot There's so to much play. coming out that week. There's so much. Uh, so we, we've got Marvel, uh, which is a day one for me. The cover art looks fantastic, by the way. Uh, look that up online. It's It's got... Man... It's got every Marvel character you want on there. It's got everybody here. I mean, we've got Wolverine, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Iron Man, Star-Lord, Deadpool. It's pretty sure Rocket's on there too, isn't oh, he? It's, it's or, unbelievable. Uh, Black Panther's right there. So, yeah, go check that out. Uh, the game was just revealed at the Game Awards a few months back. Uh, it is a four-player drop-in, drop-out co-op you can go online or you can play locally. The quest is to get the Infinity Stones back from Thanos and the Black Order, which are AKA, uh, AKA the the children of Thanos. You may be familiar with them if you've seen uh, Marvel's Infinity War. So, we've got that. We've got two other games that are are going to be well, one for me, but two for you on the docket that week. I don't know how we're going to do it. Not entirely by my own will, but yes. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's fair. I am making you play Wolfenstein. <laughs> um, I'm glad you're owning up to it. No, there's no doubt about it. You were you were going to play it anyway. I think it was going to be a victim of a release date, but I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen now. You and I are going to play co-op, damn it. We're, we're, playing, I'm Wolf, buy the, we're playing Wolfenstein, Youngblood. I'm going to buy the deluxe edition on Switch. Lovely. Which so we can both play our, uh, our pro controllers. Um, I'll find time for that after I'm done playing Fire Emblem Three Houses. Begs the question, which game are you most excited for of the three? Uh, Fire Emblem. No doubt about that. I, I, what a what a week. That I know, is, that's a, that, no, it's a great week. That is a Look, week. that's not a knock on the other two games. It's just I'm a Nintendo fanboy. I love Fire Emblem. And this is the first time that uh, Fire Emblem is coming back to a home console since we were in high school. <laughs> the last one was, I believe, 2007, if I'm not mistaken. This week rivals in October games release week. Yeah, no, seriously. Three huge games within a couple days of each other. It doesn't have your... I mean, they're all relatively it's, big names, but it doesn't have your, your Call of Duty, your 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 Mario, etc. But it's got some really, really big titles and still. late July, no less. Yes. Not, er, not even early July, late July. All on Switch, too, uh, is, is very impressive to me. It's a good time to be a Nintendo fan, man. We had to ride out some rough years to get here, but, man, I am enjoying it. Patience pays off. I can't I wait guess. for <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, Ultimate Alliance, I think, was my second most anticipated game behind, uh, behind Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, obviously. Come on. You know, I'm a Star Wars fanboy here. So uh, I'm really, really excited for that. I love the premise of the, the uh, Ultimate Alliance, by the way. Yeah. I think that's a obviously <laughs> great timing for it because with you know the Avengers, what we've gotten recently, you uh, you don't have to worry about studio rights uh, keeping characters from you know, the crossover <laughs> in this one. Yeah, uh, that's for sure. It's uh, it's going to be exciting. I hope it's good. I think it will be. I'm looking forward to it. Even if it's not, it's going to sell well. Oh yeah, it, 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 there's just Avengers madness right now. Endgame, by the way, 1.2 billion dollars before Sunday was over. That's just incredible. Billion with a B, everybody. I uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but I'm, I'm not spoiling anything. On the Endgame spoiler cast, and when I did my intro, I said, uh, when I was talking about over $7 billion, I said $7 million. So I went back, and I, I when I was editing, I clipped uh-huh. 
that word like just a fraction of a second and then it sounded like I was saying billion. Perfect. I'm, I'm very proud of it. Yes. <laughs> Good. I, uh, I can't believe it. I couldn't believe I screwed up. I was almost going to take it out. It's but insulting to brag that they oh, broke, seven million. broke over 7 million. <laughs> Terrible. Um, news item for uh, final news item of the week. EA Electronic Arts not going to E3. Kind of been the trend lately. They will still have EA Play in Los Angeles, a three-day event. Um, I don't know if it's usually two or three days, but this year it's three days. They're not doing a presentation. So you get your E3 presentations from all the major publishers. They announced, rather, that they're going to be doing longer, more player-focused streams and more hands-on. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm a big fan of the traditional big marketing push kind of presentations that we see because I think it gets people excited. Yeah. On the contrary, I'm thinking maybe this is a nice way for EA to step back, not promise a hundred things that they can't deliver, not produce a video such as they did for Mass Effect Andromeda and Star Wars Battlefront that showed no footage but rather just showed people working on the game. Mm -hmm. And maybe they can show stuff further in development and let players play actually get their hands on. So maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. Are you startled by the 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 trend here? Sony, the, the biggest name here this year, with all these publishers kind of dropping out of E3. I'll be more concerned if another big name does it because I'm not convinced that Sony is done altogether with E3. I, I think hope that was a break. Yeah, I think they'll be back next year. Do we know about the Nintendo Direct yet? We do not, but... We assume I, Tuesday morning? I, I'm going to assume they're just going to stick with Tuesday. Yeah. They, I mean, why change if... Especially because Square already took Sony's spot, so Nintendo's not taking that spot. Oh, and Square's presentation last year was woof. Yeah. But we've got Microsoft, we've got Square, Bethesda... Ubisoft. Ubisoft. So that's that's what we've got this year. Not hey, I mean, you never know. Maybe like maybe Capcom decides to get in on it some year. If you know, if there's open spots available, maybe one of these other huge third parties decides to you know lay a uh, lay a claim to some time there. From what I understand, this is the last year of the uh, agreement slash contract for E3 to be in Los Angeles. Right. Doesn't mean it won't renew. I had also heard a rumor that they wanted. Los Angeles to upgrade their convention center, which I think is kind of insane. I don't like I. I guess I I don't know what they're looking for. Just having been there the last few years, like it's it's huge. It's easy to navigate. Mm -hmm. It's fine. I I don't know. I don't know. Like ours in Buffalo could probably use an upgrade. Yeah. Um. It's 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 not the biggest. I don't know what they can do about that. But anyway, it makes you wonder. Like, do they have an E3 next year, and do they go elsewhere? Do they go to another big city? Um, I don't know. I, times are changing. Uh, I, I hope that Sony's back next year for E3, but uh, I don't know. Time will tell. EA is not a huge loss because they, they traditionally have done their presentation on Saturday, and E3 technically begins with presentations on Sunday. So not, not a, a huge loss, but nevertheless, another notable company that's dropping out here. Uh, we're going to get to our, our big discussion here on the Marvel Gaming Universe. But first, uh, we want to just plug our friends over at 26Shirts. That's 26Shirts.com. They uh, they do some great weekly t-shirts, actually. Oh, 
I get some uh, noise upstairs, huh? Lot, lots going on. Um, anyway, uh, they have T-shirts that are themed for Buffalo, Chicago, Pittsburgh, and they have a bunch of geeky themes that they have been tying in recently. The best part, every uh, sale that they have, a portion goes to a family or a charity in need. We encourage you to go to the 26shirts.com website, uh, tell a friend about them, purchase a shirt. It goes a long way. Uh, they exist for one reason, uh, to help. And that, that is what they do. Our friends over there, uh, Del Reed and 26 shirts, uh, very, very good crew. So we, uh, we asked, uh, on facebook.com slash the geekiverse today, community discussion with the success of Spider-Man PS4, which Marvel superheroes do you want to see have their own video game next? Uh, we've got some great answers here. Some answers I didn't expect. Maybe some I expected to hear more about some of the MCU characters we've seen, some of the more popular characters there. Uh, Will Nelson writes, Ghost Rider. That would actually be really cool. Not a bad Go- idea. Ghost Rider's really gotten the short end of the stick. He's had some tough times. Yeah. <laughs> His two movies were not good, and that stinks because the character is so damn cool. Are you sure they weren't good movies, Pavlov? Oh, I'm positive. Yeah, they, they were not good. That was so good. That was like kind of the dark ages of superhero movies. Oh, horrible. Um, Richie writes in, uh, I'll just take the continuation of the Miles Morales story at the end of the Spider-Man game. Why not? I, I would love a, another Spider-Man movie or uh, game with Miles. The Miles in in uh, that that game, that universe, very, very likable. I would definitely love a, a full video game like that. I think it would sell very well. Uh, Josh Strait, don't know who that is. Uh, Josh of the Geekiverse writes, Iron Man would obviously be cool. Captain Marvel would be pretty awesome too. But honestly, I'm all about the MGU. Or the Mr. Magoo, as I said. <laughs> so MGU looks like Magoo to me. Uh, let's see. Ryan Jablonski writes in, maybe uh, something more Metal Gear Solid-ish with Black Widow. Oh, he just... Uh, you're going to find out why... He kind of stole my thunder just there. <laughs> You'll find out in a little bit why, yeah, he kind of just robbed me of all right, all right. some glory. We'll, we'll hold that thought. Uh, Brian Doyle writes, curveball, iron fist. Makes perfect sense. Perfect sense. Yeah, no, that, that, honestly, pretty much most of the characters from the Netflix Marvel Universe, I feel like, are great inspirations for games. I agree. I think those would be awesome. Feels like there's a lot of opportunity there. Uh, Brandon Van Allen uh, excuse me, Brendan Van Allen, sorry, Brendan, of our friends over at Community Beer Works. Uh, he says, I want a super villain game. Let me play as Dr. Doom or even a bunch of villains trying to take out a superhero. Interesting hmm. perspective. Uh, and then Tom Colbert writes Wolverine. That's it. Just Wolverine. That, that literally just Wolverine. That's literally all he wrote. Really hope he's talking about the superhero, not the animal. Well, we have no way of knowing. I know. There's no way. So, um, what I'm proposing, I wrote an article, check it out at thegeekiverse.com. It kind of inspired this discussion. I'm creating, in my mind, a Marvel gaming universe based off of the success of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, the 22 movies that we've seen from Iron Man in 2008 all the way up until the Avengers Endgame. I want that, but in video games, and there's no better time to do it. There's no better time from a studio standpoint financially to do it. It's popular beyond belief right now. Um, we just read the stat that the entire runs of Iron Man 3 and what was it, Captain America Civil War, 
were bested in one weekend by the Avengers Endgame box office total. Think about that. All of the, the two predecessors, they were very, very popular movies. What if we got that in gaming? So, uh, I'm going to go through some of what I listed in the article. We'll you know talk and react to, to each one here. I think uh, if you started off with last year, basically go back to what last year's was with uh, Insomniac's Spider-Man game. You've got a game from Crystal Dynamics coming up that we haven't seen yet. We better see this E3. There's two games. I need to see Rocksteady. And yep. I need to see Crystal I, 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 before you even started that sentence, I knew Rocksteady was going to come out. Oh, you know. And I agree with it. Don't worry. You know. Um, anyway, I, I need to see those. <sighs> I lost my train of thought because now I'm thinking about Rocksteady. Yeah, what's what's the game Crystal Dynamics is making? Uh, so they're, they're, it's we don't know if it's an Avengers game or set in the Avengers universe, if that makes sense. I guess they could have just said uh, a a Marvel game. But um, that being said, I've got, first up, a Thor video game from Sony Santa Monica. Yes, that makes it an exclusive. However, didn't hurt Spider-Man. And what Santa Monica did with the God of War series, most notably last year's 10 out of 10 title for me, they jumped into Norse mythology. And they nailed it. And I think they would do a Thor game a lot of justice here. Stormbreaker would be a beautiful thing. They nailed Kratos' axe. It is one of the most fascinating and fun-to-control weapons in any video game of all time, in my opinion. And to see that and see it in a video game with Thor would be incredible. Yeah, I would like that. Uh, especially because like I mean I love the character of Thor and I love that setting um I, I love Asgard I love all the different you know the the nine realms I love the high fantasy oh, what a that setting. Comes yeah and I feel like we didn't quite get enough of those in the MCU because the first Thor is kind of like I mean really only like half if not a third takes place of it in Asgard mm-hmm. the rest of it is, is on earth Dark World was a little bit more in there, but then you also had, you know, sequences of the real world like in London and whatnot. And then Ragnarok was, again, another one. Maybe half of it was in Asgard. The rest was kind of like out in outer space, a little bit in New York. I I would like to see more of Asgard realized outside the comics. I think if you put that in a a beautiful video game, just like... Open world, go off and do side quests, you know, find secret dungeons and stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. I would even argue to keep it relatively linear, like God of War. So, God of War is not linear in the sense that... I don't know how to explain this. It's it's not specifically, like, a straight path. Like, you have options. It's not Breath of the Wild. It's not open world. Right. Until you beat it. You, you can, can go to different sh- realms and, and figure out where you want. I gotta, I gotta play that game again. That is a game, that is a rare game that I want to play through all the way again. Man. God of War? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, takes my breath well, away every time. I mean, you give it a 10 out of 10, that's, uh, there's got to be some goosebumps even thinking there. Best part about God of War to me, by the way, before we move on, the single camera throughout the entire game. Yeah. That's unprecedented to me. That was so cool. I can't think of another game that did that. Didn't they say they wanted to try that with Tomb Raider originally? And then it was scrapped, and they they eventually said, look, this is a really cool idea. We have to implement this in a game. Speaking of... I feel like there was an interview with one of the Santa Monica reps. It might have been. Well, with Tomb Raider, we talked about Crystal Dynamics Avengers game. They didn't 
complete their Tomb Raider trilogy because they're working on an Avengers game. Uh, okay. So yeah, Shadow yeah, yeah. of the Tomb Raider was handed off to a, a another studio to do. So, I mean, that's saying a lot because those games are very popular. Um, so I want a Thor game. I want an Iron Man game, and I want Respawn Entertainment to do it. Uh, Iron Man or uh, Respawn Entertainment is known for Titanfall and Titanfall 2, as well as Apex Legends, which has taken the world by storm, and unfortunately is probably going to push Titanfall 3 off into the sunset. And or off a cliff, apparently. Uh, <laughs> cliff is a much, much better term for it. It's not pleasant at all. Um, we're not happy about saying that, by the way, either. We no. like we like Titanfall. I love <laughs> Titanfall. We're just we're just calling it like we see like we see it. Titanfall Two is one of the best single player shooter campaign stories in any shooter, especially in recent memory. Uh, they're working on Jedi Fallen Order, so another nice pedigree uh, to a very talented studio with a lot of video game veterans there, led by Vince Sampella, who worked on the original Modern Warfare games. Uh, so. Respawn feels right with all the mechs, everything in the the world of Titanfall. Bring me some Iron Man. I think it makes sense. Yeah. I think it makes sense to do. I think you can have your mix of of maybe almost like the dichotomy of playing as as Tony Stark and then getting into the the suit as Iron Man. I can't imagine anyone doing a, a better job. Three four three studios always comes to mind as a backup. Uh, who works on Halo exclusively nowadays. But, man, would I pay good money to see Respawn do an Iron Man game. Well, that combination of, you know, on-foot action and then mech action that Respawn so successfully captured with both Titanfall games, like you said, that that seems to work perfect with Iron Man. You have sequences where you play as Tony Stark without the suit, you know, maybe just using a couple gadgets maybe whether they be stealth, puzzle-solving sections, or whatnot, and then obviously you go into the suit, and it's basically like you're playing uh, one of the Titans. Right. That, that is what they are called in Titanfall, right? Yes. Okay. And, and we know that they can... I know that seemed like a stupid question, but I'm just making sure. Essentially, <laughs> if you haven't played Titanfall, Titans are the, the big mechs you see, and when they drop in from the atmosphere, it's prepare for Titanfall. So they, they fall to the planet, which is really cool. It's so epic. Man, I'm, I'm just talking about all these games. I gotta gotta get back to them. Um, I think with specifically with Respawn, they also showed not only that they nailed gameplay mechanics, but that they can do story with uh, with Titanfall Two and an endearing emotional story where <laughs> they brought to life essentially a relationship between a pilot and, and its its Titan, which is kind of interesting because you wouldn't expect that to be anything. Worth getting emotional over. Not if you haven't watched anime, my friend. Uh, I guess Watch that's... some Gundam or some other old school Japanese mech well, stuff. S- uh, I guess that's true from what I hear. Uh, Captain America, obviously, would be a great choice for a game. Now, my great... hero. Oh, my God. We I'm can't not... say why. I know. I'm not going to say why. Okay. But, uh, after Endgame, Steve Rogers is just my dude. Yeah, Pavlok uh, cursed in the car. <laughs> That's right. <I laughs> after uh, after we got out of Endgame, uh, it was it was celebratory cursing. It, it was not. It's, it's such an unbelievable. I I, I can't go into it. We're not going to spoil Endgame no, no, for we're, you. We're good people. But if you saw Endgame and you want to hear more, go check out our Avengers Endgame spoiler cast. We talked for about an hour and a half. If you want to just listen to people geeking out about that movie. That's the place. And then Tom being disappointed by some things <laughs> with right. it, which is, you know, to each their own. Captain America, and I chose a studio 
that you wouldn't think of for like an action game necessarily. Uh, Naughty Dog. Uh, and when I say action, I mean action in the sense of like a brawler, because that's what Captain America is. He's uh-huh. not a, a shooter like a Nathan Drake would be in right. Uncharted or a Joel and Ellie in Last of Us. But then I got to thinking, Uncharted was loads of action when it came to to gunplay, and especially in the first three games. That it died down for four, and it was more exploratory and more world-revealing. Last of Us, heavy atmosphere. Dark. Yeah. Nutty Dog also. Crash Bandicoot way back in the day. Charming. Let's say this is light. going down a completely different path. <laughs> Where What I'm getting at is anything Naughty Dog has tried to do has been great. And... With the atmosphere from The Last of Us, maybe mixed in with a little bit of the lighthearted nature of some of the Uncharted series, like I think of a Nathan Drake, and I think they could do a cap a, a character like Captain America in a wonderful, meaningful way. And I think they could also do it back in the World War II era and make it just a beautiful environment. Yeah. So I think Naughty Dog, okay. uncharacteristic, but would be my choice for a Steve Rogers Captain America game. I like that suggestion. I got one of my own, and I'm going to get it out of the way because okay. we already kind of had it spoiled. One of my suggestions, which I was eventually <laughs> going to bring up, is I want Hideo Kojima to do a Captain America game. Woo-hoo-hoo! I basically Woo-hoo! I want Metal Gear. Time out. Yeah. If you said that and Seth Zelensky was in the room. Oh, gosh. Oh, he would be through the ceiling he right would, now. He would melt. He would be up in your living room. <laughs> He'd crap his pants. Dude. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, we'll bring that up to him. I want to oh, see his yeah, reaction. I, know, I would love to see that too. Um, but I want the idea I have is basically Metal Gear Solid, but with Captain America, the setting and those characters. Maybe you switch off between Cap and Black Widow a couple times. Maybe you play as Hawkeye a couple times. Bucky and Falcon are in there. But I think a Captain America game that focuses on stealth. Um, you could you could definitely have some of like the Metal Gear Solid esque boss fights where it's a you know basically a hand to hand combat against a, a over the top super powered foe you know a Red Skull a Winter Soldier any of Cap's Cap has a depressive rogues gallery so you could definitely do some Metal Gear Solid esque boss fights in there but I think Hideo and Hideo Kojima's storytelling I think if you give him the Cap setting where like Winter Soldier for example the movie was more of a political thriller than like a straight blockbuster. You hand that off to Hideo Kojima and he could do something wonderful with a narrative for that. Wow. I think that's a match made in heaven. I think that would be impressively superb. Kind of subdued by our one of our commenters, although we're very <laughs> glad to get the interaction. But Why, I ought stealing to... a little bit of thunder, but <laughs> that's the idea I have. I uh, I like it a and lot. I, and the more I thought about yeah. it, the more I've fallen in love with it. It's not something I would have my mind would have ventured to. So maybe when Hideo Kojima finally finishes oh. Death Stranding, whatever the hell Dude, that what is, the hell is Death get Stranding? to working on a Captain America game that's basically Metal Gear Solid, but Captain America. You see the stuff that came out this week that said it might be like like an MMO. Like it's now it's like everyone's even more confused about yeah, it. I I don't know what to make of that game. They should not have said a word about that game. Right. Oh my gosh. Was it 2016? It's been a few years now. It's it's and definitely no been a Sony few years. at E3 this year, so we're not seeing more of that anytime oh, soon. You're right. I just I just yeah, I didn't realize that till oh, just now. I don't know. Oh, I don't gosh. know. Like I they've sold so much merchandise for that franchise and it's not even a thing yet. 
It's not it's, even a franchise. It's not even a single property yet. You can't even call it a franchise. It's not, no, like, but I've seen, like, just even the E3 alone, like, the amount of Death Stranding stuff on, yeah. on fans, it's unbelievable. I appreciate it, but, like, that game very well, like, what if it doesn't come out? <laughs> I'm not saying it's in danger of, but, like, never say never. I don't know. Crazy times, man. So, speaking of Black Widow, you mentioned just uh, briefly there. And speaking of Rocksteady, what are you working on, Rocksteady? I want Rocksteady to make a Black Widow game. Think about the stealth mechanics of the Batman uh, Arkham series. Obviously, if you know me at all, you'd know how much I love Arkham. Anyway, I think they would be a match made in heaven for Black Widow. Uh, You'd want it in relatively contained environments. Right. Like an Arkham Asylum. I think it'd be fun to maybe even have her throughout the first half of the game or first portion of the game be the Russian spy that she is. Essentially before she kind of changes heart. Like we see in the... Or it's implied in the MCU. Before she, she turns to be a hero, if you will. I want that. And I think that would be a wonderful game. I... The hand-to-hand combat makes oh sense. Oh my gosh, I would love to to see like how how high of a hit counter could I <laughs> acquire? Yeah, as uh, as Black Widow. Um, rumored by the way to her movie to come out May first of twenty twenty. Uh, so we'll find out. I'm sh- very soon. I'm sure on that. Uh, what's going on with Black Widow? Uh, I'm kind of I'm reading my article as I go along here, and I'm laughing because. <laughs> fact, I wrote three facts. Fact number two says, we know they've been working on an unnamed title for quite some time now. And then in all caps, I go, where is it, Rocksteady? What is it? I imagine the meltdown I'm going to have if they don't announce anything at E3 this year. We're not going to be able to sleep. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, I also could have made an argument for um, a Black Panther title from Rocksteady, seeing that he is also very smooth in his hand-to-hand combat. Yeah, very nimble. Yes. Yeah, I could see that. I think both characters fit into that. I'd prefer if I had to choose, at this point, a Black Widow story, just for a video game. I want I want a gameplay experience where I can just casually run up uh, the side of a skyscraper as Black Panther. Mm. You know, on all fours, like scramble up there like an actual cat. Just, you know, not part of an actual sequence, just doing it. Well, I, the the dog the Hi, dog Lindy. the dog seems to agree with me. Goodness gracious! The dog would seem to, or he was upset that I was talking about a cat. One of the two. Oh my gosh, he was so mad at you right now. One one of the two. So Insomniac could really make a lot of these, seeing how they did Spider Man, because like in Spider Man PS4, you can run up the side of a, a skyscraper, right? And that would that would be a blast. It's Black Panther. Really proud of this one. Really proud. Um, Captain Marvel. By Sucker Punch. So, uh, the okay, yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, she mechanically... Right. ...would be, not really, but almost like a copy and paste for the foundation. If uh, the most recent Infamous game that came out just the beginning of, of the PS4 generation, that's what I think of. Um, the blueprints there. Even, like, the color palette in those games where it was, like, the the neon... Neon... Pink was, and blue was like all over, and I can just see that becoming the red, yellow, and blue of Captain Marvel. Yeah, no, the color palette's there as well. Very, you know, very not gaudy, but it, it's it's strident, is what it is. And I, in my article, I wrote I would like just a, essentially a a touch of of narrative, 
And the reason I said that is I think of the infamous series and it's more known for its gameplay as opposed to its storytelling, even though it does have some good storytelling elements. Um, the Captain Marvel movie, I felt like um, I wanted probably a more developed story. However, it did a good job combining action and storytelling. And I feel like, again, that would be another match for, for Sucker Punch. So uh, that one, yeah, like I said, really proud of that one. Last one I had on the list is... How many Sony exclusive you got there so far? Uh, so Captain Marvel, <laughs> Captain America with Naughty Dog, and Thor with San- Sony Santa Monica. So, th- yeah, three. You, uh, you'd you be making the case for PlayStation 5 to run away with next gen <laughs> yes, if, this, if this ever came, came to life. But yeah, or Sony could do what they're doing with Marvel, as in like Disney's Marvel Studios. Uh, oh gosh, I know where you're going with this now. <laughs> License it out <laughs> and create them for Xbox and Nintendo as well, like they're doing with the Spider-Man movies. Sony gets a big payday. Uh huh. They look like a hero. Everybody, Everybody wins. Money. All right, yeah, I suppose. Just saying. The, that, preci- you know, the precedent's there. Pete, you know, Pete always says, "Call me Kevin." He wants Marvel to to call him for his good ideas. I think this good this good idea trumps all of his good ideas. Well, they're, yeah. it's not hard to yeah, beat. I, I'm not I'm not going to start it. It's that. not hard to beat. No, no, I'm, no, I'm just I'm not going down that road. Last one for me. This is a stretch. Okay, that's fine. But it's an idea to save a studio in desperate need of saving at this point. Guardians of the Galaxy by Bioware. Ah, uh, yeah, they uh they need they need a hit fast. <laughs> Bioware either is on the verge of collapse or a miracle game they're going to pull out of their ass like Knights of the Old Republic 3. Unfortunately. One of the the most beloved fan-favorite studios in recent gaming memory has gone down a tough path. It sounds like mostly because of their, their tutelage under the umbrella of EA, unfortunately. And I'm not one to sit here and bash EA, which most people do. Rings kind of on the wall there. Uh, I loved Mass Effect 3. The ending kind of was botched, but to each their own. I think everybody agrees that Mass Effect 3 was still a very good game. It it's was just, phenomenal. It's just that that ending soured the experience for a lot of they people. They didn't do what like they the, did with Return of the King or, yeah. let's say, Endgame even, where there were satisfying conclusions. Right, that last impression sometimes can overwhelm the overall feeling, even if everything leading up to it was positive. The way I look at it is, imagine in Return of the King if Frodo destroyed the ring, and then the sequence where it cuts, it fades to black and then fades in, and you see Sam and Frodo just laying there before the Eagles pick him up. But the Eagles don't pick him up. And imagine that's the end of the movie. That's that's Mass Effect 3 in a nutshell to me. That's not good at all. No. (laughs) It's a successful ending. Yes, they destroyed the ring. They accomplished their mission. But you want more. Yeah. You've really become, you've come to love these characters. Mass Effect, people put hundreds of hours into that trilogy and love those characters. So to not get the proper conclusion was bad. Anyway, Mass Effect Andromeda, not a good game. Uh, and then we're at Anthem, which some of the horror stories we've read from Polygon, I believe. You, you yeah. posted in the... No, I'm sorry, Kotaku. Kotaku. From the, the Geekiverse chat is, is just disheartening yeah you know that account was just sobering to read there, there's there's some articles out there um you know 
Google them and, and you'll find out just what went on with the development of Anthem. Anthem is a mess right now. So Bioware needs a savior. I see Guardians of the Galaxy. You can pick the beauty of Bioware games, especially Mass Effect. You know, they, they've got a Dragon Age game coming. Yes. Maybe that's a saving grace. But anyway. Last, to, last one was very good. You get to Inquisition was awesome. I didn't love Inquisition. Oh no. It's not my cup of tea. Oh no. I but wonder if they can I wonder if they can even hear me. I I said oh no so quietly. I wonder if that even picked up on the louder on than mic. Jamie. Okay. <laughs> well, perfect. <laughs> so Guardians of the Galaxy, BioWare, you could pick your character. Right. You don't or have- rotate even between Gamora or Star-Lord or, you know, Groot. Drex would be hilarious. But I I feel like you could pick between Star-Lord and Gamora and have a really satisfying game. Um, you've got your relationship building, your sure. oh, yeah. your hero yeah. vigilante meter. Those guys are perfect for that. Those guys and gals, I should say. You've got the uh, the Milano. That's that's your ship. That's your, your, head, your HQ you come back to and you talk to your crew and you build rapport, you build relationships. Then you go on random missions. Guardians of the Galaxy get paid for stuff. Lots of side quest opportunity there. Lots of side quest opportunity. It's in space, so the possibilities are great. Obviously, Mass Effect was in space. It sounds funny to say, but I think they could do it. And maybe if maybe they're capable, I don't know, but maybe they need to bring in a writing team to produce some of the humor that we see in Guardians. Not that this whole game has to be a comedy, but to capture the essence of, of what makes the Guardians the Guardians, I think, would be a beautiful thing. We did get the Telltale game a few years ago, which was okay. I don't know if they fully understood the characters, but it was it was still fine. It was fun to play because I love the Guardians, regardless. Right. Call me crazy, but I think that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. No, I don't think so either. And I think it would give the, maybe possible. It, it would make money first of all. Second of all, I think it builds some street cred back up for a studio. It's had a few misses here, yeah. and I don't think they can afford a third one without folding. I, I mean, some studios don't get the opportunity for a second failure. Sometimes one is all that all that costs them unfortunately this industry is ruthless it's time and money and that's what it comes down to yeah if you're being strictly cold thinking from a a publisher standpoint obviously there's the people aspect of it and we hate to see anyone lose their jobs absolutely hate it but you know the cold reality of it is it's it's got to sell it's got to be good bioware is a studio that can kind of rise from those ashes and make that happen i think um I, I don't know if I mentioned this already, but I think also you could have the great possibility of romance. So let's say you're... So the, the yeah, you, Mass, had re, you had relationship building mentioned, I think, earlier. So the, the Mass Effect games were known for not just like kind of leaning one way or another on the hero slash vigilante scale or, or villain. I can't remember now. But like you would romance other characters if you wanted to. If you're Star-Lord, you could romance Gamora. Or maybe if you're on some bounty mission, you find like someone else. And then that becomes an issue with your relationship within the guardians with so there's so much potential there and they'd be the studio to do it that's kind of my like my bonus game on this list okay but i think you got something there i I like a lot of those i think you know it was fun to speculate i've been thinking about it since september and i Ah. I meant to to kind of write it and write it and write it and it never happened but here we are no that was a really good Um, article i definitely encourage anyone to read it if you hadn't i appreciate it um any other ideas you had mentioned yeah i got one or two um the first one and this was one of the ones that jumped out to me immediately 
uh, just because I love the studio so much, but Platinum Games, best known for Bayonetta, I would like to see them do a Doctor Strange game. Oh, um, yeah. And I, what I think about that, I think of the combination of kind of like martial arts and magic all at once. That's you know really the bread and butter of Bayonetta's combat system, just aside from the fact that it's rapid as all hell in terms of pace. But I think that works perfectly for the Doctor Strange universe. Um, you know, you know, Wong, uh, the Ancient One, maybe even you toss Iron Fist in there as a cameo or just a playable character or whatnot. But that, just that whole like Marvel Asiatic setting. And then with that combination of gameplay, I think Platinum would nail that. They're one of the best action studios out there. That's... That's a good idea. So I I called my games list here phase one. Ah. Maybe, maybe we get the Crystal Dynamics team up or, or something like that. And then your Doctor Strange game starts phase two, for example. Right. I, I, that's a really good idea. I never even considered Platinum Games. And then actually another one, if Nintendo were to ever get in on this, I was wondering, could Nintendo, would any of these make sense with Nintendo? And to be honest, I, I didn't think of a lot of connections that made sense. Nintendo, you know, it, for like the MGU games, I feel like they would all have to be, you know, spectacle loaded blockbusters, AAA resources and development in there. And that's just, that's not necessarily Nintendo's wheelhouse. However, one character and property I thought would actually work pretty well would be Ant-Man. And in terms of a game, I thought what would be interesting would be either a platformer where you play the game strictly as Ant-Man in this small form and you're forced to navigate all kinds of traps and hazard, maybe even like from a 2D side-scrolling perspective, like the old-school Marios, or maybe even more appropriate, like the Pikmin games. Pikmin being a real-time strategy, whereas Captain Olimar, one of the other characters, you control these squads of tiny little creatures, which are the, the Pikmin in the games, but as Ant-Man, instead, you walk around the environments and you control the squads of ants and you have them complete environmental puzzles, navigate the environment, fight larger bosses, like a real-time strategy where you're just kind of uh, micromanaging the different squads of ants to your whim. Oh, that's so I think something that I hadn't considered. Or hell, a crossover. You have Ant-Man meet Captain Olimar and you you control the Pikmin and the ants at the same time. Pikmin love to crossover. It'd be perfect. Yeah. That's... Uh it's pretty good. I, I never considered a strategy game mm-hmm. in uh, in these. I, I just can't think of, you know, I, you know I, the ideas I was coming up with being the Nintendo fanboy I am. What can Nintendo do with this? But I, I just didn't really have, there just didn't seem to be too many real connections there. Although maybe um, Monolith Soft, the makers of the Xenoblade games, maybe they could make a good uh, Guardians of the Galaxy RPG. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that would be interesting. And then Monolith, that did... The Lord of the Rings games, right. the, the Mordor games. Yes. I definitely had an idea for that, and I forgot to write it down, but you can insert a lot of different Marvel superheroes into a game like that, I think. Yeah. Um, um, I think it was uh, Hawkeye I was thinking of. Oh, uh, yeah. Might, might be a good one for, for them to do. Lots of traversing, climbing up environments. Yeah. Um, long, what a- long distance shooting. Well, I mean, what about, you know, kind of, cr- kind of making a Assassin's Creed-like game, but with one of the Marvel characters like hawkeye yeah oh absolutely that uh, might work they, you know they, they'd be right up the alley for for something like you know, that the archery is already there yeah from other games it's it's fun to think about the possibilities and i'm, I'm waiting for it to, to all come to fruition because yeah. spider-man knocked down the door i think for for marvel in terms of superhero single player games and uh if we can get anything close to it the money's gonna be there the money is absolutely going to be there on name alone. And then on top of it, if you put a good product out there, 
we, we see it in the movies. There's no such thing as superhero fatigue. Nope. And there won't be for a long time, I believe. Throw it into gaming. That's a loyal, passionate fan base. Yeah. Well, like, you know, and the reason why there's no superhero fatigue at the movies is because this genre is so diverse. There's just so many different kinds of stories and um, themes and different narratives to tell. You know, Winter Soldier was a political thriller. Aquaman is this crazy, you know, undersea sci-fi fantasy epic. Um, Black Panther was, you know, a cultural thriller. Ant-Man was like, a you know, the Ant-Man movies were heist movies. There's so many different kinds of stories you could tell, and that would translate to video games where you could have so many different kinds of games to play. Platformers, stealth yeah. action games, beat-em-ups, RPGs. And the thing that we, we may not have taken into account is what has Marvel, and as well as the Dark Knight trilogy, but what I'm thinking of is, is probably even more so Marvel. How many fans has it, this MCU created oh, for tons superheroes in general, tons superhero movies, comics, and then branching off of that and saying, what other geeky things can I get into? Oh, you know, maybe that's a gateway to Star Wars, Star Trek, fantasy stuff like Lord of the Rings, stuff that people were not previously into. Like, Marvel movies are so mainstream and so in yet so still geared towards passionate fans and not not just longtime fans but they serve so many different groups they're it's unbelievable and i think if you did that in gaming maybe you see a little bit of what you saw with the nintendo wii bringing in the non-traditional gamer so maybe here you've got an uber captain marvel fan an uber thor fan and you bring them into gaming where they wouldn't have cared about games otherwise that's a market that maybe is untapped. So, fun to speculate. This was a conversation we've been looking forward to probably for a few months. We kind of had this penciled in, knowing we were going to talk about Star Wars last episode and then Marvel this episode. We'd love to hear from you on Facebook.com slash The Geekiverse. Tell us in the comments, what superhero do you want to see? What uh, studio do you want to see making it? Uh, whether it's Marvel or someone else completely, DC, you name it. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you for all those who uh, commented for our community, uh, community discussion today. We really appreciate that. We're going to wrap things up on this episode of Geeks Got Game. Give a quick plug for some stuff that's going on at the Geekiverse. Visit us on all our social media. Go to Facebook.com slash the Geekiverse, as we've mentioned throughout the episode. That is kind of the hub of all of our social activity. And you'll find us on Twitter and Instagram as well. If you go to thegeekiverse.com, it is your source for everything comics, movies, books, uh, gaming and TV. You, um, we've got a, a big, big event coming up here in just two weeks' time. Nickel City Con, we are a primary sponsor of. That is uh, one of the biggest Comic-Cons uh, in the region. Proud uh, to partner up with our, our friends over at Dave and Adams. Uh, we're going to be there throughout the entire weekend. We'll be hosting uh, some exciting panels. I'll be hosting a, a Q&A with uh, Brian Herring, who is the puppeteer behind BB-8 and some of the other uh, characters in the new Star Wars films. Uh, Jeff, you've got a panel that you're going to plug? Yep, uh, I will be hosting a Q&A with Eric Bischoff, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall, all of professional wrestling fame. So we're all over the place here, very excited uh, to do so. Uh, get your tickets now, go to nickelcitycon.com, get a weekend pass, you're not going to find a, a better deal on anything geeky in western New York. 
Jeff, where can we find you on social media? What can we plug for the Geekiverse? I am on Twitter at Jeffrey Pavs and Instagram Jeff Pavlock. You can look forward to my Mortal Kombat 11 review coming out uh, next week. I'm planning to write it up this weekend after getting my fair share of the game. Um, so yeah, you can get my full thoughts on the whole game there and uh, what what I think the competitive scene is going to turn out to be like. This uh, this week coming up is actually a big one as well for us. Uh, May the 4th. So may the 4th be with you, of course. But uh, Comic Book Day uh, is Saturday. We're going to be at Dave and Adams in Clarence. Uh, we're going to be interviewing comic book artists and giving away 4th anniversary Geekiverse t-shirts. Our year 4 is almost up. We're about to transition into year 5. At Nickel City Con, we're going to premiere our 5th anniversary limited edition uh, logo wear. So you can get a, a t-shirt there. Very excited uh, to reveal that being designed by some close friends of ours. Uh, we'll have the details on that shortly, but you can check that out, of course, right on uh, thegeekiverse.com. Last thing here that we want to plug, of course, uh, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast today or enjoy anything about the Geekiverse, whether it's reading our articles or interacting with us on social media, we'd appreciate if you go to patreon.com slash thegeekiverse. It's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash thegeekiverse. There, for as little as $1 a month, you can subscribe to the Geekiverse uh, on a number of levels. Uh, as you in, uh, Basically, as your donation increases there, the perks that you unlock are even more exciting. You can check out the full list from $1 all the way up to $25 per month. Um, and so we'd uh, certainly appreciate if you took a look at that. Of course, Patreon helps us do what, Jeff? Keep the lights on. You can tell it's been a uh, a long day for both of us. We usually keep that conversation afloat a lot longer. But yeah. I was at end, end game round two last night till 2.30 in the morning. So I'm beat. And uh, I got a new car. I was sitting there car. signing paperwork till my hand was wearing off on me. It's crazy, crazy adulting, everybody. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, Jeff and I would love to see you at, at Nickel City Con in a, in a few weeks here. Again, check out Patreon. Thank you so much for your participation in today's discussion, if you did so, on Facebook. In a few weeks' time, we've got a lot going on. Most notably, our next uh, next set of podcasts. We'll have a new episode of Geek's Gut Game. And we're going to be seeing John Wick Chapter 3. Well, in between that, there's another movie we're going to be seeing. There is likely. another There is another movie in between there. Pika, pika. <laughs> Cannot wait to see Detective Pokemon. Detective Pikachu. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I said that. You need to go to bed. Dude, I so I'm like staring into space here. I have a little bit left of my monster. It's just And like, it ain't doing the job, apparently. It's not doing the job. It's I can't believe I just said Detective Pokemon. It's been a it's been a day. Thank you again for uh for supporting us. For for Jeff, I'm Josiah. We'll catch you in a few weeks. <laughs>